Plowing old patterns, raising new ground. Hello and welcome to the first instalment of Plowing Old Patterns, Raising New Ground, a series of audio works centred around British folk culture. My name is Matthew Robert Hughes from Legion Projects, an artist-run organisation based in the UK. For Plowing Old Patterns, Raising New Ground, we have commissioned a broad range of artists' audio works for you to listen to from the comfort of your home. Each episode will be a different listening experience. You can expect stories, guided meditations, and traditional structured podcasts with chats with invited guests, with guided by some of our artists who have passion, love and knowledge around the subject. For each episode, we are going to be giving a little introduction. These intros are a nice opportunity for us to have a little chit chat and share some thoughts and some of the themes of what you can expect from each of the episodes. For those who don't know me, um, um, if you can't tell from my wails and tones, I grew up in North Devon on the edge of Exmoor. Um, I've lost a bit of my accent since leaving and I've grown up in London and now living in Mid Wales but um, I had a wonderful childhood playing in fields, walking down country lanes, being chased by goats and I often tell friends to their surprise and I didn't grow up in the 19th century but I was picked up from school in a horse and cart every day. Um, This was very much to my dismay because I wanted to be home and watching Thundercats. This is the 1980s Um, but now I can see it was a really lovely thing to have done and experienced uh, with my mummy. so this is very much the feel of the rural ideal, uh, but the rural is often seen as a traditional and conservative space, but there is a whole history of forgotten radical uprisings uh, across the country which were collectively organised and centred around rural and agricultural life. For this series, we are focusing on folk culture, which can often be perceived as a backward-looking space. This episode you're about to listen to shows that, in fact, it is not. This episode you will hear a journey of experimental sound, words and music. The Limitless Field by Benedict Drew and Arian Churchman. The Limitless Field is a radiophonic space, a dream, an active dismantling of borders, and redrawing of lines. Enjoy the episode and we'll see you directly.
Rights of Riots, pages 83 to 86. In England, especially in the North and the Midlands, there was foolery on Plow Monday. The Monday after Twelfth Day, which was traditionally supposed to be the date when the year's plowing began. In fact, the date ended to be given over to feasting and recreation. Writing under the pseudonym of T. Rowe, the Derbyshire antiquary Samuel Pegg described what went on in the pages of the Gentleman's Magazine of 1762. Plough Monday is when the labour of the plough and other rustic toils begin. On this day, the young men yoke themselves to a plough about with music, and one or two persons in antic dresses like Jack Puddings go from house to house to gather money to drink. If you refuse them, they plough up your dunghill. We call them here the plough bullocks. John Brand, in the 1777 edition of Popular Antiquities, talks about what are presumably his own experiences of Plough Monday in the northeast of England. The full plough goes about. The pageant that consists of a number of sword dancers dragging a plough with music, and one, sometimes two, in a very antic dress, the Bessie in the grotesque habit of an old woman, and the fool almost covered with skins, a hairy cap on, and the tail of some animal hanging from his back. The office of one of these characters is to go rattling a box amongst the spectators of the dance, in which he collects their little donations. Both Brand and Peg acknowledged that one of the motives for staging these customs was to get money, and the plough bullocks, who probably imbibed as they went on their travels, took speedy revenge on the stingy. Further on, in his account of Plaumonte, John Brand states his belief that the characters of the Fool and Bessie are plainly fragments of the ancient festival of Fools held on New Year's Day. The festival of Fools was widespread throughout medieval times up to the Reformation and beyond the Puritan thought condemned it roundly. It was not just confined to New Year's Day. It seemed that, for instance, at one time in London, it commenced on Halloween and continued until the Monday after, 26th of December. The custom centred around the election within a particular group of a figure of authority preside over the festivities, often unruly, for an allotted term. In England, this figure was generally the Lord of Misrule, and in Scotland, the Abbot of Unreason. Nick Groom, Seasons, pages 286 to 287. The Monday after Twelfth Day, 6th January, is Plough Monday, which was when agricultural labourers returned to work and began four weeks of intensive ploughing. He was also known as distaff 
Fox Day to mark when women started spinning again. Both distaffs, which held the unspun wool, and rocks, which weighted the wheel, were used in early spinning. Plow lights, candles kept burning in church to bless farmers, were lit from at least the 15th century, and a common plow was sometimes kept in the church and used when needed. By the 15th century, this plow was being carried hither and thither as part of Plow Monday rituals, a customary practice that, like plow lights, embedded the community in the earth and that also, like plow lights, was prohibited by the Reformation. Plow carrying survived in the late 18th century as part of seasonal mumming, although by this time it seems to have had a more aggressive, radical, anti-enclosure aspect. This mumming sometimes developed into relatively sophisticated plow play, more sophisticated, that is, than the hero combat of St George dramas that characterise mummery at other times of the year. The plow play was based around wooing scenes between a lady and a farmer's man and then a fool, sometimes with the added complication of a recruiting officer. They seem to have been confined to the East Midlands, Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire, Leicestershire and Rutland, a date from about the 1820s, suggesting a possible political impulse behind them. The plough play was conceivably a covert response, either to enlistment during the Napoleonic Wars of the previous decade, or to new farming practices, large modern farms that needed a new workforce of young farm workers, thereby denying work to older labourers. Plough Monday was followed by Straw Bear Tuesday in some parts of the country. This survives as a village festival in Cambridgeshire and Huntingdonshire, as well as in Grimsby in Lincolnshire, features a straw bear, a man completely wrapped in straw sheaves, dancing around the town. Attempts to ban the straw bear under begging laws in 1907 proved unsuccessful, but the practice seems to have declined around the time of the First World War. It was revived in Whittlesea in 1980, and now takes place on the Saturday before Plough Monday, and the strawberry costume is ceremonially burnt the day after.
we are going about is this, to dig up George's Hill and the waste ground thereabouts and to sow corn and eat our bread together by the sweat of our brows. The reason is this, that we may work in righteousness and lay the foundation of making the earth a common treasury for all, both rich and poor, that everyone that is born in the land may be fed by the earth his mother that brought him forth, according to the reason that rules in the creation not enclosing any part into any particular hand, but all as one man, working together and feeding together, as sons of one father, members of one family, not one lording over another, but all looking upon each other as equals in the creation.
government is ours! Now it belongs to the Earl of Manchester. By whose authority? By the authority of the king. And I say the king is a thief!
corners of the quiet man bar, where the captain of the Wren Boys calls for attention with a chant which still recalls, the Wren, the Wren, the king of all birds. Thank you. 
scroll forward to the 17th century, and they were stoning him to death. What happened in the meantime, I think, was Christianity. <laughs> like the stones, the old places of worship were taken and churches were built and things were turned on their heads. In the village of Middleton, it's quite unique to have this celebration. The Wren ceremony goes on in Ireland, and the Isle of Man, France, Spain, and Belgium, I think, and Wales. But uniquely in Middleton, up until about the 1900s, an old glory reinstated it in 1994, and this is our 29th year. And as such, we will mark it with, our, with the 29th ribbon, which I believe is a black ribbon this year. Most of you have been over to see the Wren. You haven't paid a penny. Not yet, anyway. But maybe you will later. The next thing we've got to do is to present Wren badges to the members of the side that haven't done this ceremony before. And this year, because of the, uh, the varying hiccups we've had in the last couple of years, we have a number to, re to deliver, I think. Is it eight? We have eight. Eight. Eight members that have never done the cutty red. So those of you that haven't got a badge, I won't call you out by name. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh dear. Sorry, I didn't want that. Is actually a it's based on the Wren farthing. We'll hunt the Wren, says Robin the Bobbin. Hunt the Wren, says Richard the Robin. We'll hunt the Wren, says Jack of the Land. We'll hunt the Wren, says everyone. Where or where, says Robin the Bobbin. Where or where, says Richard the Robin. Where or where, says Jack of the Land. Where or where, says everyone. Beyond the Greenwood, says Robin the Bobbin. Beyond the Greenwood, says Richard the Robin. Beyond the Greenwood, says Jack of the Land. Beyond the Greenwood, says everyone. I'll get him down, says Robin the Bobbin. I'll get him down, says Richard to Robin. I'll get him down, says Jack of the Lion. I'll get him down, says everyone. With sticks and stones, says Robin the Bobbin. With sticks and stones, says Richard to Robin. With sticks and stones, says Jack of the Lion. With sticks and stones, says everyone. I'll get him home, says Robin the Bobbin. I'll get him home, says Richard to Robin. I'll get him home, says Jack of the Lion. I'll get him home, says everyone. The Brewer's Brick Cart, says Richard to Robin. The Brewer's Brick Cart, says Richard to Robin. The Brewer's Brick Cart, says Jack of the Lion. 
The embodiment of words of elixir. The embodiment of words of elixir.
The Limitless Field was made by Benedict Drew and Ariane Churchman, who also did the sound design, voiceover and background music. Ariane Churchman read the following texts. Rights and Riots by Bob Pegg. In Comes I, Performance, Memory and Landscape by Mike Pearson. The Seasons by Nick Groom. And Folk Song in England by A.L. Lloyd. For full credit notes of the music and field recordings used, see the show notes. Ploughing Old Patterns, Raising New Ground is a series of listening works commissioned and produced by Matthew Robert Hughes and Una Hamilton Heller of Legion Projects. The theme tune is composed by Stephen Crow and graphic design is by Blue Firth. Any additional editing is by Una Hamilton Heller. This project has been supported by Arts Council England. You can stay tuned for any upcoming commissions by subscribing to the show through any major podcast providers. You can also listen to it through our website, legionprojects.com. Bye for now.